0: Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is Sheep podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Father Innocent, welcome back to The Gathering Place.
1: I am so happy to be here, Beth. Thank you so much.
0: Gosh, it's so good to see you. I can't believe you're taking this time to chat with me. We're recording this in advance, but um, you're about to go on a 30-day silent retreat.
1: I am so excited to be here. I, Yeah, this is a funny time in my life, funny and super blessed. I This year is my 10-year anniversary final vows, and so I am so grateful to sit here before you as a priest and as a religious, and this time is just kind of dedicated to getting some time away to be with the Lord. And um, I can't believe 10 years ago I professed my final vows of, poverty, chastity, obedience, and I am pretty overwhelmed every day by the gift to live our life and to be with the brothers and to live, yeah, just to live religious life. I I officially start a silent 30-day retreat um, at the beginning of January, but um, I'm really, really happy just to have some time to pray and to rest and give thanks to God for the gift of our vocation. so.
0: Beautiful. Well, praise God for your yes, Father, for your priesthood.
1: I am so grateful as well. That's the only thing I could really say. I'm just grateful and God's too good to us, right? So praise God.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, prayer is so cool because it's outside of space and time. So I'm asking everyone listening to this podcast right now, (laughs) even though by the time they hear it, you will have made your retreat. I'm asking them all to pray for you. So you retroactively, is that how that works? Get all of the (laughs) grace of these prayers.
1: (laughs) I love that. The, the, the gift of prayer is so mysterious, right? Like God works it all out. And so when you're listening to this podcast, I, I am grateful for your prayers because they it turns out that I'm always I'm always a poor man. I'm in dire need of prayer. So God God works it out. So
0: Yeah, so so good. Thanks, Father. Father, I'm realizing that someone may have just encountered this podcast. Maybe they picked up the Lent devotional that you wrote. Maybe some woman picked it up for her husband. um, And this is the first time. And they're like, who is Father Innocent Montgomery CFR? What are the CFRs? Can you uh, give us a little introduction?
1: I would love to. So my name is Father Innocent Montgomery. I am a Franciscan Friar of the Renewal. And like I just kind of talked about, I've been in final vows for 10 years. I was ordained a priest in 2016, so I'm a the gift of our life. I'm a I'm a brother and a priest, and uh, we have our hub in New York City, right? So we're Franciscans, kind of. We have we're we're international, so we're all over the world. The heart of our kind of religious order started in New York City in 1987, and we continue to have a big presence there. We take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Uh, that's pretty similar for consecrated men and women all over the world, but. The Franciscan way is just this invitation to follow Jesus, who was poor, chaste, and obedient, right? So we we take our vow of poverty pretty serious in the sense of we we live in poor neighborhoods, and we make this radical kind of gift of self as we enter in. And I don't have a bank account to my name, and I don't have a lot of stuff. We want to just be poor men who radically uh, depend on God for everything. And then chastity, the gift of, of having an undivided heart for the Lord, then the vow of obedience is is an incredible gift of where we are obviously obedient sons of God and the church, but the gift of obedience is it's actually the word means to listen or to hear. We double down on just just not my own will but the father's will and the gift of what he desires of us so um to always hear his voice right and to to trust in him and to follow this just beautiful way to live our own life so yeah, so Franciscan friars that's that's kind of our life that's what we do and um personally i'm so grateful because i've never i would never like ten years ago or whatever like as a as a young high schooler in nebraska would have never thought that God would call me to such to such a life the adventure of the spiritual life the adventure of following jesus I am a blessed man overwhelmed and um this this calling daily just brings before my attention god's goodness so praise god
0: man i'm I'm really moved by that. Well, by a lot of the things that you just said, but the adventure of the spiritual life. Mm. I feel like the best things about me and the most beautiful things about my life happen interiorly. And so there's kind of this tension between like living in the world and like being fully alive in my soul with Christ and wanting to integrate those things and share like, The gifts and the graces the images the the truth beauty and goodness of my relationship with christ like here on earth with the world you know yeah
1: yeah totally and and i think just the reality and the and the, the truth about everything is that jesus is alive the beauty and i mean even as i say it like emotion kind of floods me like jesus is alive and i think the gift of every vocation but particularly like and again this this is I think probably what kind of a good on-ramp for a lot of stuff we'll talk about today. But, but it's just that Jesus is alive and, and the gift of being called into relationship, the gift of our baptism, right? Um, the gift of holiness and intimacy and the, the, the fullness of life in the Holy Spirit is for every baptized Christian. And so it just, that's our starting place.
0: Father, I'm getting a little nervous that we're never going to get to the thing that I really want to talk to you about because I just want to talk to you about every little thing. But, you know, just to, when you say Jesus is alive, that's huge for me too. We've talked here in the office about just making t-shirts that just in big bold letters say Jesus is alive. It's different than he's real. I think a lot of people could say like, yeah, he's real. Historically, he was a man like a good teacher, depending on what your background is. But to say like, he's alive, he's a living person. And that's what prayer is, a relationship with a living person with a beating heart and a voice, you know, it's, it changes everything.
1: That's God's answer to everything is that I am here. And like I say, I am alive and I'm struck by just the the, the gift of the, his, his desire to be with us and he gives everything. He becomes so poor, right? He becomes a little baby. And, and the poverty of, of taking on our humanity to come so close to us. The d- divine creativity of how God wants to come and save us and how he wants to be with us always, it's pretty overwhelming. The gift of baby Jesus, the gift of Jesus on the cross, the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. It's all the same thing. It's the same truth that Jesus is alive he's here
0: it's fitting i mean advent is a little lent right you can't separate really the crib from the cross or the cross from the crib there's no one without the other it's all just one thing and that thing is a living person (laughs) whose name is jesus yeah so father you came out here to phoenix it was the first time we met it was just a year ago can you believe that
1: it's so funny. I feel like I've known you guys for so long, like my, my blessed is she sisters, my blessed is she family. I feel like I've known you guys for so long.
0: <laughs> it's just the Lord when you like meet people. Oh, and totally. Yeah. He's in them and in you and in the relationship, you're just like drawn and there's like a starting totally. place, you know? So when you were here, I'll never forget, we were sitting in Jenna's basement. You uh, rolled up to me on this little office chair and said, I've been thinking about writing a book. <laughs> I have this thing. Can you recall that conversation yeah. for the people?
1: Yeah, I would love to. And Beth, here's the thing. I'm going to tell the story and I'm going to tell you about like my desires around that time. But I, I do want guide people to pay attention to the fact that it, it was only through like divine providence of your encouragement, personally, your encouragement that like pulled this out of me because I never in a million years think that God would, would be inviting me to write a book. I didn't feel the need to grasp at a lot of like projects or other things. I just want to I just want to be faithful to what the Lord's putting in
0: front of me. I felt that in that conversation just like this joy and really not to overuse the word, but like there's a there was a fire in you to share this good and beautiful thing that God had done for you. It rippled out into your community and you shared this experience with your postulants. And you have such a father's heart. You have the father's heart so much so that you wanted to share that beyond. And so I could feel how much that was from a very personal place.
1: Yeah. And and I appreciate that because I really feel like the past, you know, maybe four or five years that like something happened to my own heart in my relationship with the father. There was just this new fire in my heart to take people back to the place, to the holy moment where where the Father chose them. And from that place where where God breaks into our lives, we receive the gift of who we are. When I became a formator, the community has asked me to, to walk with our younger brothers when they first enter religious life. There was this really concrete invitation to dive in to the lives of these young men and take them back to this holy place where God blesses them with the gift of who they are. One of the big things that we do is I'm a, I'm a big intentionality guy, right? Being formed, it doesn't accidentally happen. You know, we have to choose it. We have to fight for it, right? And so what we decided to do is to set aside a really consecrated time to go be with Jesus in the desert, particularly. If we look at the life of Jesus, he took a lot of time away from the world. He, he took a lot of time to protect his own heart and and to be in a holy place where he could listen to the voice of his father, right? And so following after Jesus's example, we decided through a lot of different kind of avenues that we too would go away with our young men to the desert. We can't go for 40 days. You can only take so much time, you know? So the, what I got was 21, right?
0: I mean, did you try? It seems, I see like a little twinkle in your eye. Like that was the vision. You were like, let's go for well, 40 days. I was
1: like, I want to just be all in with the Lord. You totally. Know? The, the gift of being away for 40 days. And it's like a Lent, you know? So three weeks is a lot away from the friary, but also the, the company we use or the, the guides that we use is called uh, Core Expeditions. Core standing for Catholic Outdoor Renewal. So they're amazing. Just great, great friends of ours. And they specialize in a three-week trip. The longest and most intense trip that they do is three weeks. And so I'm, I was like, sign us up, I'm in. Hard, hardcore and long, you know? So following Jesus into a de- desert is absolutely an identity experience. We leave all of the comforts of the world, and, and Beth, you know me, this excites me, right? To, you know, to, to really have an intense time of, of letting go and being purified. And then that's the holy place where God can work, when we let go of all the things that stand in the way. So it creates this holy space for the men to receive, once again, the truth about who they are. At the time that I talked to you, I had just finished um, my my third trip with our guys, and I, I just really appreciated the, the freedom with you, Beth, as we talked about this. I just remember saying, like, Beth, I don't know what this is, but I have a deep fire in my heart to create this space for not just the postulants, but for everyone to go on this journey of being consecrated again, of, of being in a place where they can receive their identity once again. And you guys are the, the masters of Advent and Lenten accompaniment, right? You guys um, have been really anointed and blessed of walking with women through these holy times of the year and so i think what the lord did was saying hey like there's a lot of fire in me and i want to accompany young men as well (laughs) so i sat myself in front of these holy women who have gone gone on this journey before walking with with young women and i just said you know i don't know what this means but i would love to have a conversation about what the journey could look like to walk with young men during lent
0: i think in so many ways it just captures like the virility of your vocation, you know, like that your fatherhood stretches beyond even just the people in your five foot radius every day. It just makes a lot of sense to me that the journey that you take with the young men and and through the Lent book is one of identity because I imagine that's what comes up. When you have space and silence, you face yourself, you find out who you are. And sometimes we don't like that person or we don't have a sense of who that person is. So we're meeting a stranger and maybe we don't like that, you know, who we're meeting in that place to encounter the truth of who we are and the perfect man, Jesus, like bestowing that identity. And you said like, You said something about we go out there and we like re-encounter our identity. And I was just thinking, I bet for many of them, it's the first time their identity is really bestowed on them and not sort of pieced together or inherited, for lack of a better word. Like we just kind of pick this up from different people. And I guess this is who I am. But like to go and to actually be blessed with identity, I imagine is just life-changing.
1: It's so true because it's such a holy place to take people because what they experience maybe for the first time, right, where you see them finally being open to receive the gift of who they are. Beth, I was just thinking about, like, and I think this is bold and it's unfortunate, but I think it's it's true. Like, I think our world and even the church is going through an identity crisis. People of all walks of life, of ages, of vocations, they, unfortunately, I'm going to say we, we don't know who we are.
0: When you were saying, that, I was like, hello, me too. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, 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 I'm in this with the Lord every day. And I still need formation in my own identity. I have to be right? reminded constantly, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. And and one of the postulants told me recently, you know, Father, the one thing that I just noticed about you is that you have to fight for this every day too. And I was like, it's so true. We continually have to fight for this place because I think it I think it authenticates us and I or authenticates every Christian but especially when you're when you're living a life of mission when you stand b- before people I think people can see like hey this is not just a one and done thing but but you have to fight for your identity and when you know who you are something you live differently so I think the gift of of just accepting that we're in an identity crisis and and a lot of young men and women enter their vocations and they don't know who they are. They have a glimpse or on the good days, they, they know that, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a son or daughter of the father. Um, but sometimes it's cliche. They, they know it up here and not here, right? And um, so the gift of, of meeting guys exactly where they're at, kind of the method to our madness here is, is that we spend two months at the friary before we go into the desert. We're kind of building a foundation of trust and receiving, right? So I'm just kind of loving on them and the brothers are loving on the guys for a couple months. We're living our life of prayer. Uh, We're living our life with, with the poor. So there's a great, yeah, just receiving the kind of the the gift of, of a renewal and kind of just the gospel life.
0: I have to stop you there because I don't think I knew that about that intentionality before, but I can imagine that is absolutely necessary, fundamental to taking them out. And really, like as people are pressed, you know, and in these stressful situations, they're physically being tested. I am not a man, but I, (laughs) I can imagine there's like a lot there about strength and yeah, just masculinity kind of being tested in that. And so without the strength, of that like loving relationship without believing that you guys are on their side, not judging them with them, believing in them. I can't imagine that they would ever be able to access those places in themselves or to let you see those places in themselves that are, that are weak, that are poor, that are in need.
1: Yeah. And that's the grace of it is that I begin the accompaniment. You saw this fire in me. You distinctly saw my desire to accompany young people to accompany the young men. And so that's how I can do this. Like every day during Lent, I'm accompanying these young men who are reading this book to to pray and trying to bless them with who they are, right? That's like the deepest desire of my heart. And that's why like the gift of the two months that lead up um, to the desert, I am doubling down on my fatherhood in their life. I'm with them, I'm for them, I'm listening. We're growing in trust. And I think that's the big word. Then we can take this relationship of trust into the desert. Like, I think that's why trust is so big in the, in the spiritual life. When Jesus calls you to the desert, you won't go if you don't trust him, or you won't stay in that difficult place of purification if you don't trust him. Right? So, when you see his face, it's just like, Jesus, I trust you. I don't necessarily understand, or this hurts, or I'm afraid but I, I do know that you're alive and that I trust you, right? And so one of the funny story that comes to, to mind when it comes to this trust and accompaniment relationship, one of my, my postulant sons, his name is Omar, and he does not like heights. So I remember that our first repel was probably like 120 feet of straight down. So it gets it gets your attention. I have this thing about wanting to go first. Like I wanna go first, so then I can be at the bottom as everybody else comes down.
0: I can't. I can't even with you. Of course you do. Because that's what the Lord does. Anyway, proceed.
1: There's something there. But I, lo- I love being down there to watch. <clears throat> so then Omar goes not long after me. And this is his first time repelling. We had this really beautiful moment. Yeah, of him repelling. Him just like little by little, letting this rope down. So then I, I kind of called out to him because I needed him to look down at me because As he was going down, there was a pool of water that he needed to avoid. But the only way that he could see that pool of water as he repelled down was he needed to look down at me. And I was gonna so I could show him. And and but looking down is hard and it's scary. So he gets down about halfway, he stops and said, Omar, hey, Omar, look at me, look down. And he's like, Father, I can't. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I said, Omar, I need you to look down at me and I'm gonna show you where the pool of water is that you have to avoid so you don't get wet. And I just need you to look down real quick. And and I was like, hey, listen, you're gonna be fine. Just look look down at me. And he said this great line. He said, he's like, Father, you're lucky that I trust you. Wow. And so he took a deep breath and he looked down at me. He found kind of a place of peace that I was with him and that we avoided the water. But it's beautiful because he said, you're lucky that I trust you. and then when he was going down even farther he said father keep talking to me i can't see you but keep talking i need to hear your voice so it was like a perfect example of the grace of the desert yeah you're lucky i trust you because this is hard for me but it's good for me and then also that the voice the voice of the one you love right the voice of the one you can trust and that's just all to say beth that in the desert Jesus does the same thing for us. He calls us into this place of of struggle, of letting go, of just a radical trust. And he is there. His face is there. His voice is there. Those small invitations, little by little, to trust in him. And we just make our way down the mountain, little by little, because of his voice and his presence.
0: Father, I have to tell you something. You did this podcast. I want to say it was on your podcast, Poco a Poco, could have been with us, but I can't remember. You told a story about being in confession. I'm pretty sure you were speaking about identity. And you said like in this confession, you would, you would say like, hey, 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 look at me. And I think the other priests <laughs> kind of were giving you a hard time. Like you say that in yeah. confession? Yeah. Was that yours or?
1: That's yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I tell that story often because when people confess their sins and the struggle, they look down. They just connect and the shame and their guilt is, and so I was like, hey, can, can you just look at me real quick? Just look at me.
0: Father, I have to tell you, because I got so irritated when they were giving you a hard time, you know, because I like felt that very deeply. And there are times in prayer, I'm just like disconnecting from the Lord. You know, there's like fear there or trying to like take care of myself. And I'm kind of going within. And I hear, like, I hear the Lord, but in your voice say, hey, 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 look at me. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's really blessed me. So I, I just felt that for Omar because I've experienced that for myself that like your fatherhood, your voice, your presence being, you know, an incarnation of Jesus for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it means so much to me because I'm overwhelmed by that grace is because I, I long for that as well from the Father, from Jesus, right? When Jesus says, my, my sheep know my voice. Just like, talk to me, Jesus, just talk to me. And there's actually a story, a little spoiler, there's, story, there's actually a story of me in the desert with a similar thing. It was the first time where I was rappelling um, and down a pretty big cliff and I had never done it before as well. And I was hooked into the rope. It's just this funny thing where you have to turn around so you're facing your instructor and you're, you're, the, the cliff is to your back right? And then you have to kind of, you you have to walk backwards. And it's a really crazy thing because it's so unnatural to walk backwards off a cliff.
0: I'm trying to imagine it. Yeah. So like your feet are on the cliff, but you're turned around looking at him.
1: Yeah. So I'm like this and the cliffs behind me and I'm walking backwards and I have, I'm roped in, but that's how you go down. You don't like go down face first. That makes sense. Right. But you have to turn around and you just take steps back. And so you're leaning off the cliff backwards. Like that's how you you kind of begin walking down. But I'd never done it before. And again, the natural thing to do is you want to see where you're going. Turn your face to look down. And the guide was like, hey, hey, Father, Father, Father. Don't look down right here, Father. Look at me. Look at me. And so I immediately turned my face from like wanting to look down. And I looked back at my guide and He's like, father, right here, just look at me and just walk off the cliff. It's gonna be fine, right? And I did it. When I looked at him, I didn't have a temptation to look down. I didn't have like the anxiety settled because I was looking. He's like, yeah, father, just talk to me. Just look at me. You're gonna be, be just fine, right? So that story's in this book about my first time and I make the, the meditation that that's what the father says all the time to me. Hey, hey, just, just look at me. When I'm tempted or we're tempted to look at our fear, our anxiety, our brokenness, our our sinfulness. When we want to grasp and, and think that we're alone or we don't know who we are, we're just going to turn to a lot of things. And I think the Father says over and over again, Hey, 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 just look at me right here. It's in the gaze of Jesus that we know who we are. That's the only place. So I love that. It's a big part of my own spirituality, but just look at me. The Father just wants us to look at him.
0: You know, Father, it, I mean, that just wrecks me because even like the specifics of that story, you want to see where you're going. Like, yes, I hear you on like, we want to look at our fears, our limitations, but like I'm very tempted to try to look at the path, the peace that comes with taking your eyes off the path and putting them instead on a person, you know?
1: And it might seem counterintuitive. Like, wait a second, like I'm going to take my eyes off the path and And look at a, the look at a person, look at Jesus, right? Where we think we're like, okay, but like we have such deep desires to go on the path and and to know what's ahead. But Jesus is like, the the way this works, the gift of of fulfillment on this path is to be with me.
0: My spiritual director is always saying to me, "You don't have to know the way. You're with the way. <laughs> he is the way. The path is a person, yeah.
1: It's so beautiful and it really simplifies everything. We're not about just like checking off the days, right? We want Lent to be about a real encounter with Jesus. The journey of what we set out to do in Lent and grow in our identity is at the service of this holy intimacy with Jesus every day. That's it, right? And, and so that, that's just kind of maybe an encouragement for young men and women who, who will journey with us through Lent is that don't get distracted. It's it's at the service of a real person, of Jesus, who is real, who's alive. He's, he's here. So my hope is that it can be a real invitation, that on-ramp of intimacy, of prayer, and to take it slow and to take a deep breath and as the meditations help you um, to stay in that place of relationship instead of just kind of checking it off the list.
0: I remember um, this past summer, some stuff was coming up in prayer, some memories, and... Um I became almost distracted trying to figure out and fix those parts of me, those like places in in my past, in my story, you know? Yeah, I became like hyper-focused on those like broken parts, you know? And I remember leaving the chapel one day and I was just taking a walk with the Lord. He just helped me to understand healing is not the point of prayer, I didn't need to come and and fix things and just get through these memories and get better essentially. And I, in a way, was even beginning to idolize this like healed together version of myself. Like if I can just mm-hmm. do enough to get there and be her and not have to deal with this stuff anymore, then I could relax in prayer. Then I could be loved. Then I could receive love. You know, it was really very wordless, but just this deep understanding that it was just about being with him and the healing would come when it came, but ultimately that it wasn't on my timeline and it wasn't up to me, you know? And so I remember even being invited, like, let's just take a break from that. You, you don't need to go after that stuff, but when it comes up, like, bring that into relationship with me.
1: Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so, so well said. And you're hitting at a deep desire of our own hearts, but at, but at a, at a temptation as well, right? Like we have a deep desire to be whole and to experience, experience the deep freedom of, of living in relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, we, we had the temptation is to think that it's a program or we have to do stuff, right? Or I have to fix myself, or I had to go do this healing deliverance kind of prayer. And again, the lord uses all of that and the invitation to the the healing is real but i love how you say but it's 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 about relationship right that's that's what heals us it's not about like putting the pieces in place or or reading the right lenten devotional
0: book <laughs> it's like i mean this is a pretty good one if you're going to look for the I mean, right one this can help
1: this, this can yeah, help <laughs> this will get you
0: there <laughs> i was thinking It's just the most natural process in the desert. You're going to be faced with these exterior obstacles or situations, even exterior like beauty. Those things are all going to call up these like deeper interior things for us. And so then to follow the Lord's lead in what comes up rather than going on fact finding mission or digging into all of our wounds or trying to deal with all of our stuff on our own. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think as men, particularly women wouldn't know anything about this, but, um, men, men want to take control, (laughs) right? We want to take control. We want to go on the journey, all these different things to, to, to like gut it out with the Lord. And then, then we're going to grow. And then we're going to, then we're going to have breakthroughs, right? The tricky thing is, is that the exterior things are actually really important, but again, As men, we need the penance, the sacrifice, the hard things. But it's only at the service of the interior breakthroughs. It's only at the service of this letting go of myself. We get to the place where we're pushed beyond our capacity to control things. And it's precisely in this place where we have to say, okay, we have to admit defeat. Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I'm like totally uncomfortable. I can't pray and I, I, I need you to come and do this because I'm, I can't. And that's the holy place where the Lord says, finally. Finally, you have admitted defeat. You can't do it. You're done. And, and he can come in, right?
0: I think it's important here to just say, it's not that the Lord wants us to be broken down and like defeated in a, in a worldly sense, like, now I'll help you but really so that we can stop trying so hard. I've been praying the um, novena of surrender. I prayed it recently with a friend and I just had this little inspiration as we were nearing the end of it. I think I just need to pray this every day. Like I think I need to just continually pray these novenas to surrender. And I've had intentions as we go, but I just think ultimately I'm like praying for the grace of surrender in my life. And there's this, um, this language on one of the days, I'm sure you're familiar, like you're like a child who asks their mother for help, but then gets in the way trying to do it themselves. Coming to the end of ourselves, what you're describing, to me, it's like we're that little child and we're just getting so tired of like all of our efforts aren't working. We can't lift it. We can't do it. And so now we'll just let our dad come and do it for us.
1: I love that. Because again, I, I love how you say that it's that that Jesus doesn't want to punish us. He doesn't want to like take us out to the desert and like play games with us. You know, like, okay, you deserve this. This is the only way. I mean, that's not that's not it at all. But he does take us and invite us into a place where we have to come face to face with our own poverty. And he can't just like snap his hands and we'll get there. If through the incarnational experience of my life and he does this in different ways, we have to come face to face with our incapacity to do it by ourselves anymore. He wants our whole heart. He's gonna go all in and he is patient and he's a gentleman, but he's intense. And he's come, like I, I see Jesus more and more being like a jealous lover in the desert.
0: Gosh, that's so like deeply appeals to my feminine heart, the way you're describing the Lord as a jealous lover. And that that's the experience of Lent. And I think it's a temptation for women, too, to do the program, right? To do it right, to root out all these things when really what he's wanting is more of our attention and affection, not so much our accomplishment, you know, or doing it on our own and, and proving ourselves, even for women,
1: and I, and I think that's the, the gift of the charism of Blessed is she that it is about accompaniment it's not about the program it's about the accompaniment where you you are with people in relationship and you invite them on this journey of encountering Jesus right and and I think in a world we live in there are just so many temptations to find the perfect thing that's gonna make make my life better right? And, and it's that person of Jesus who, who comes and breaks in and waits for us to say yes to him, right? Um, what's, what's kind of on my heart is that it's, it's only in that holy place where we finally let go and we finally reorient our whole hearts and minds to Jesus where we can ask him the questions that are the deepest desires of our hearts. We follow St. Francis' example here. When Francis gets to this point of poverty and he encounters Jesus, he asks him two questions. Lord, who are you and who am I? In our chapel, it's nice. You have your stuff and you have, you know, nice incense and candles and generally it's quiet and, or in your cell where no one's bothering you or by yourself. And I'm in before my icon. It's just wonderful. Well, we're in the desert. It's you're, you're with your brothers and it's beautiful. Like the scenery is beautiful, but you're you're kneeling before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and and it's really cold and you're tired and you're kind of beat up and so prayer's hard. Like just to stay focused or just to stop thinking about yourself and 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 it's not to do this for a week, but you have to do this day after day. Right? And so what the guys experience is is a breakthrough in prayer and here's here's what all of them say in some sort of capacity that for the first time in my life, I realized that prayer is not on my own terms, but it's God's, right? And that, that one of the s- stories is in the book, like the young man has this deep desire to pray and to be silent in the desert and just to go deeper. And then he realizes he's hungry. So he's, he's constantly thinking about food. He realizes he's cold. He realizes that he's is in front of his weakness more now more than ever, right? He realizes there's no alone time. So he's annoyed with his brothers it provides for this holy place of surrender where you realize for the first time that even prayer is not about me. That is the first step of a pretty intimate prayer. Jesus, I let go and I'm going to let you do it all. So he had a breakthrough and it's beautiful because that's we even have to let go of, of what we, again, what we think prayer is
0: wow father first of all i need to go pray i'm really looking forward to Lent, and i'm so excited for men and women i'm sure to journey with you and be fathered by you in this book this beautiful book that you wrote
1: i just want to say how grateful i am to my family a blessed is she to all my sisters particularly you, Beth, and, and, and Jenna, and Nell, and, and Kelsey, and Therese, and all, all the crew. I'm just deeply grateful, because I never would have done this without your blessing and encouragement, but also the, the, whole, the whole family of Blessed Is She, they just really believed in what Jesus was doing, and so we followed Jesus together, kind of in a poor way, where we just, okay, Lord, whatever you want. So I just have a really grateful heart.
0: Right back at you, Father. Just such a joy to talk about the Lord with you because of how you live your life in love with the Lord and for others. I'm really proud of you, Father, and really, really grateful.
1: Thank you so much, Beth. I just feel so blessed. So God is good.
0: Friend, can I ask you to close us in prayer?
1: I would would love that. So the Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: Almighty God, I just thank you just for the grace of Beth and Blessed Is She and all these holy women that desire to get up every day to accompany young men and women, particularly women, <laughs> um, on the journey of holiness and, and, and identity and just being blessed in who they are as, as daughters of God, I do just ask your blessing to come down upon all, all of our listeners right now, that they would just experience once again the gift of who you are and the gift of who they are. That they would be invited on this journey of receiving and and journey of prayer, this journey of intimacy to to not be afraid to take steps every day to to live in this holy place of of grace and re, and identity and receiving and intimacy. That they would just continue to follow you because it's you, Lord, we follow and we choose you once again. We choose relationship with you. We just ask you to continue to. Take away anything that's not of you. Take down any walls, any barriers, Lord, that we could just grow in relationship with you daily. But through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody go in peace.
0: (laughs) Thanks be to God. Father, day made. So good to see you.
1: It's so good to see you.
0: Praying for you. We'll see you later.
1: Thanks, Beth. You're the best. God bless you.